Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. Have you ever, ever, these are really uncomfortable guys, have you ever had an ingrown toenail? Absolutely. You have? Absolutely. Okay. Did they you actually, hurt. did you work on it yourself? Uh, we, we've we got a guest here. His name's Corey Perkins, and we'll get into introducing him in a minute, and this is him talking. Did you did you work on it yourself, or did you have a doctor? Did not go to a doctor. I, I refuse to go doctor if I don't have to go unless okay. I'm dying. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just worked on it as much as I could. So, did you did it, Did it you get it to where it didn't bother you anymore? Uh, it, took a, it took a while, but it didn't get infected. It hurt uh, for a couple weeks, okay. but uh, money well spent. And it just went spent. away. Uh, yeah. The pain went away. Have you ever had one, Obi? I have. Okay. I feel like that I had one that was like recurring for like maybe 10 years or something. <laughs> and you never went to the doctor? Never went it. to the doctor. Okay. And I would dig it out. Okay. You know, yeah. If it got to that point. Yeah. And like every time I would feel like I got it straightened out, it would just like go back to the Into same the spot. skin. Does you basically have to, if you're going to work on it yourself, here's the hard part. If you're going to work on it yourself, you basically have to get your skin under the toenail. Right where yes. it's supposed to go, the toenail needs to poke over, but but it doesn't want to do that. So it takes a long time to like retrain your skin, and the more you pick at it, the more it doesn't want to do. Well, apparently, I did it all wrong for almost ten years. <laughs> That's why it took ten years. <laughs> yes. So in high school, I had an ingrown toenail, and it was bothering me enough to where I could barely barely run. And playing sports and stuff, you need to run, right? So the process of going to a doctor to get this thing fixed is absolutely disgusting. Basically, they numb your toe, and they cut like a, just say about a quarter inch or an eighth of an inch off the inside of your toenail all the way back. Oh, wow. All the way back so that your toenail will actually grow over your skin at that point. Man. It's uh, it's pretty disgusting. Sounds like it would hurt. And it, it does hurt. It does hurt for a couple of days. But after that... You know, you're all back to good. It's amazing how that small of a piece of your body can cause that much pain. I'm telling you. It's it, like having a, a thorn in your side like Paul. Yes. I don't yeah, know if way we... Way to make it spiritual. Like yeah. <laughs> make a good pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I preach. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Let's open this up. Obi, you want to open up prayer? Him, don't give him any ideas, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a pastor. <laughs> I sure will. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this platform that you've given us to glorify you. Lord, we thank you for our guest, Lord, that he just accepted our offer to come back, uh, to come on the show and, and talk about you and praise you. Lord, we thank you for our families, um, for everything you do for us, for, for the provision that you give us, Lord. We are just so thankful, and uh, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for our sins, Lord. We ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, like Shane said earlier, we do have a guest today. Our guest's name is Corey Perkins. Uh, Shane and I actually both go to church with Corey. Corey is the minister of, he's told me three times, I got it here. Young families. Young adults young, and young families. Young, okay. I, 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 I was 
going to be really close. I wrote it down because it was important to me, Obi. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm very, very bad note taker. You ask any college professor I ever had. Um, I'm terrible. sure you could ask him, too, that you were paying attention and you still did well in class, though, right? I did okay. Yeah. I did okay. I passed them all and got the degree. There you go. You know. Um, How many people have asked you guys? You you graduated from ETBU, right, I did, Corey? Yes. How many people since y'all graduated have asked you what your GPA was? None. <laughs> Not one. Big fat. Now egg. I have pointed it out before, but nobody's ever really. <laughs> I asked didn't care me. either. <laughs> yeah. The only person that it's typically important to is the one who had the GPA. Well, it, sometimes exactly, but when they want to throw it in your face that they were whatever cum laude or mag, you know, yeah. I'll be like, well, I was too, but yeah, I make it very, very unspecial. You yeah, know? It's not, <laughs> not that big a deal. <laughs> anyway, we're excited to have Corey today. Um, Corey, we, we wanted to have Corey on the show because we know how passionate he has about, about spreading the love of Jesus. And, um, I have not known Corey very long. Shane, has uh, known for quite a long time. Um, we actually met through Shane. I actually sent Shane a text during softball season, church league, uh, several times, and Shane would never play. Uh, <laughs> but he sent me Obi's phone number and said, this guy's a ringer. Yeah, right. right. And, uh, he hadn't played in 10 years, so he still hit a home run. Yeah. That's better than me. He still got it. He still got, came out of retirement and did well. We went 7-1 for his Moberly Baptist Church scrubs debut uh, crowns in heaven for you on that. <laughs> Do you get crowns in heaven for softball? <laughs> that might be in Hezekiah. Okay. Hey, hold on, Hezekiah. You know Shane, thirty-seven Shane, two. Shane knew the name of the team was the Moberly Scrubs, and he's like, "I'm not a scrub. I'm not playing on this team." Listen, I've been a scrub before, though. <laughs> yes, I've, Corey's since uh, ever since Corey has played softball, his team has been the scrubs. That goes back to ETBU intramural basketball. Okay. So long history there, huh? Yeah, it's kind of a reverse psychology thing. You want your the team you're facing. That's right. But when we started out two seasons ago, we were really bad. Right. Okay. So we were. So we scrubs. were really bad, and it tested Li- my patience. Lived as a up to the name. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get into it, and you're like, it's all about fellowship, and you know, guys getting together and, and, and just having a good time. <laughs> this is not about fellowship anymore, guys. guys, this, guys we need to learn how to win to be more like Jesus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> through trials. <laughs> What we didn't get to was uh, about the fifth game of my debut. I pulled my groin worse than I've ever pulled a muscle in my life. <laughs> mm. and how did you do that, though? Tell the crowd I, how well, you did that. Hey, uh, infield base hit, running it out to first base, um, 4-2-40 down the line, ran it out. Four two forty millimeters. Yes, <laughs> forty <laughs> he, inches. He was safe. I was safe, but on that, you know that you see the, you know the guys that watch baseball when they're running out, you know, like a, a quick play like that. The very last stretch to the bag. It's either a understretch or an overstretch. It was the overstretch. Yeah, and, gotcha. and that is what did me in that overstretch right there. I was safe, but. I was in a bind. You paid for it. I did. (laughs) Wasn't worth it, was it? It was not worth Mm -hmm. it. I'll never do it again. I will play again, but I won't stretch it out. There's those things in in softball when you get to to an age where you know you're about to hurt something. There's things like there's there's these written rules in your head that number one, I'm not sliding out here. Right. Number two, like I'm not 
stretching a base hit out anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do it. Number three, if it's close at first and I think I might be safer out, who cares? I'm not, I'm not popping a muscle here. <laughs> that's, I've got kids to feed at home. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I got to so, go to work, man. I tell you what, it's really tough for a competitor that's been, you know, doing, doing, having the opposite mindset of what you just said for their entire lives. Absolutely. To just all of a sudden develop this. Oh, I don't care. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I think it's more like I do care. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, You're it's right. like, I understand the limitations of my body at this point and I, I cannot overdo that. That's right. So now we have a no uncomfortable truth intro uh, yeah. for next time. Yeah. We can talk about stretching out an infield base. Or being, being lazy, not, not trying to run it out anymore. That's right. So back to Corey, back to Corey, Corey, um, you mind telling us just a little bit about, um, first of all, your family, um, and then, you know, you, you know, your, your childhood, you know, as you were, where you went to school, that kind of stuff, and then maybe get into college and, um, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of go from there. Absolutely. So I'm married to Melinda White Perkins. Um, she's a Hallsville graduate. Awesome. We went to ETBU together. We had speech class together and she was attractive and a great person. So we, I asked her out. So we dated for two years and got married. Um, and She's my everything. She's a great servant. She's a minister with me. She loves spreading the gospel. We have four kids, Bailey, Avery, Grayson, and Laney. Um, I grew up in Longview. I grew up on the south side of Longview, and I'll share why I'm explaining that now, where I lived and grew up at the time. I uh, went to Hallsville High School my junior and senior year, graduated from there, moved from Longview. All my friends from church went to Hallsville High School. So I begged my mom for about three years to move from Longview to Hallsville. And you couldn't transfer at the time. So finally, she got tired of hearing me beg and talk and give her a hard time. So we moved from Longview to Hallsville. And that's where I made some of my greatest friendships. Awesome. Um, went to East Texas Baptist University, graduated. My senior year, let me back up. My senior year, I was called to a church in Elysian Fields. I'd never heard Senior of Allegiant Fields. at ETBU. About to graduate, never heard of Allegiant Fields, never been through Allegiant Fields. And when I moved there, I realized why I had never been there. <laughs> um, and actually, that's where Shane attended his senior year. I use the word attended loosely. Um, I would too. <laughs> he wasn't around a lot. You know, back in the day, churches would, once a week, would go make visits um, like on a Sunday night. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Very intimidating, but you visit two groups of people. You visit the people that have been guests at your church. You visit people that have not been around in us in a while. Shane was on the latter list. <laughs> he probably showed up at my house and I was like, uh, no, I'm a member there. Yeah. And he probably said, D, uh, talking about the pastor, who was the pastor at that time? Thumper Miller. And then Thumper, we had an interim yes. for a while. So, you know, Thumper and I was probably like, who? <laughs> Shane wasn't around much. I kept hearing this name, Shane Giles. We've got to get him involved. My parents were always there. Your parents are great. Uh, Larry and Sandra are great people. Brandon had already graduated at the time. So that's where I met Shane. And then, funny thing, I left New Hebron Baptist Church after two years to come back to Macedonia here in Longview, where I had grown up. And I was Courtney Goswick, Shane's wife, her youth minister for a year and a half or so. How cool. And even to back mm-hmm. up further, Courtney's dad, uh, Coach Miller, was my basketball coach at Longview freshman year and my small group leader as a junior and senior. He and Debbie Miller wow. had poured into me, and I, I look at Debbie 
as kind of a mother figure, as many people do right. in this area. So it's crazy how God works all these ties out. Yeah. You see, you look back now to see all that, and then how Shane connected you and I, and we kind of have some same passions and desires yeah. to minister. Uh, and then Shane and Courtney, when they got married, they served with me for probably eight or nine years. Yeah, it was a while, yeah. At Macedonia, um, the student ministry, they were some of our best leaders, and God did some great things at that little church uh, that I look back now and say, how did, how did that happen? Yeah, uh, how did yeah. you bring that many students to that little church and do so many things? And it's just cool to look back to see how God connects the dots in your life oh that you gosh. never would have known could happen. Just one one text, one decision, uh, you know, just leads down a, a a path that obviously he intended. But just it's amazing to think about how how those amazing. things uh, mm-hmm. do connect. You know, but backing up a little bit to your decision to uh, get into ministry. Um, when, when did that, when, when did you feel led to go into ministry? It's, it's weird because I don't know of one specific, like in my bedroom and the shining light comes through the window and God says <laughs> right, ministry. Yeah. It was a process. Probably had uh, something to do with a stained glass window, didn't it? Might, might have. Yeah. <laughs> we did have a lot of those at Macedonia, yeah. but it was every Baptist church did exactly. when we were growing up. Exactly. It was, it was a process of, uh, being in a good youth ministry surrounded by, uh, godly friends that had the same desires. Um, I was actually working at Trinity Rail here in Longview, and uh, I just knew that there was nothing else that I could do. Like, it's hard to explain, but it was just a calling that God says, here's what I want you to do. And at that point, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was a certain missionary-type experience or working at a church. I just knew God was calling me to do this with my life, and there was nothing else that I could do. And I've tried other things. I've been miserable Really? Because I knew that calling was on my life to give my life to full-time ministry. And let me just explain, as a Christian, we're all ministers. Right. Like the Bible says, you're an ambassador of Christ. Um, but I think some people are called with their, with their job, right, with their time. That's what they're to do 100% all in with their life. So it was a process of knowing that there's nothing else I can do. This is all I can do. And this is all I know. Yeah. Like, right. Tried other things that, that just didn't bring you joy, and God's just calling you back, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure I've, I've missed God's calling on some things that I look back, and I was like, man, I wish I probably should have done that. Um, but God gives you other opportunities. He never shuts the door on your life and your calling. Um, but I have tried other things. I've tried to run away from ministry, kind of like Jonah did, um, with God's calling on his life. And there's a little joy in that, but at the end of the day, you know, God is calling me to do this, and I can't do anything else, even if I try to run from it. So that's uh, that's some that's some pretty good evidence that you're doing the right thing. Absolutely, right? and yeah. we all let me say this: we all have callings on our life, whether you own your own business or you know you have a crew that works for you or whatever you do, you have a calling to that. And if you're not in that calling, then you're going to you're going to be confused and you're going to have fear in your life and you're not going to have peace. I think that's God's biggest indicator that you're not in God's will is you don't have peace. And peace is not something you can buy. It's not something mm-hmm. you can put your finger on. You just know God has given me peace and I know I'm in his will in this season of my life. So that's where I'm at now. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So what led you to Moberly and where you're at now? Yeah. So like I said, I was at New Hebron for about two years. Great church, great people out there. I know I was joking about Elysian Fields, but those people took care of me and my wife. We were newlyweds. Um, I was thinking about this today. Like, I think my salary, and, and 
we didn't know this. We didn't know we were poor at the time, but I think it was like 24,000. Um, <laughs> and my wife was working at uh, a daycare and going to school. So we didn't have any money, but we loved what we were doing. Like it didn't matter us. We, we had clothes, we had food, we yeah. served this church, this amazing group of people that loved each other. And they took us in as family. Many people that were older than us treated us like kids. Um, there was a family that was not rich by any standard, but one day after church, they gave us $500. Wow. They couldn't afford that. Um, just things how God would provide in ways that you couldn't even imagine. We came out of, we lived in the parsonage, which is a church-owned residence. We lived there for about six months. And we came to our car one day and opened the door to get in to go to work. My wife did. And there was $500 sitting in the glove department, um, the glove box. Wow. And we, we look back on that and how God provided and how he gave us things that we never knew were even out there. So That's so awesome. Yeah, so we had a great time there. And God called us back to Macedonia, which was a great place. It was home uh, for me. And it can be hard to serve at your home church because people knew you as a junior high student. Right. But it was a great 14 years there, um, had some great things. And at the end of that 14 years, we just knew it was time for us to move on. Yeah. And we had prayed about and even talked to Shane and Courtney about possibly starting a church at that time. We didn't know what that looked like. Um, and maybe fear in my heart caused me not to do that. Um, but I went ahead and I got a physical therapy degree and I wanted to be a bivocational minister at some point, which may still happen. Who knows? Um, so I did that, left the church after 14 years, which was really, really tough because... How old were you that at that time? Uh, 36, 37. Okay. So um, that, that was just, what, that's, that's four, you, five, four years ago? No, no, five years ago. Five years, five years ago? ago? Yeah, yeah. So that was a very scary time to leave all you knew for 14 years and to mm -hmm. leave people that... The thing about working at church is, it's not just a job, that's your family, like, those are people that you go on mission trips. Those are people that you serve with. And when you serve with someone, you have a bond, a spiritual bond that is undescribable. Um, it's crazy. So leaving those people like a Debbie Miller and other people that had raised me since I was in junior high, and I wasn't moving to another state, but you know how it is when you sure. go to church with someone or a family or people, that's your family. And even though you're in the same city, you're not going to be in those same intimate experiences like you were before. Mm, right. So that was tough. But God called us to Moberly um, four, yeah, four years ago. One of my best friends since I was a teenager, Will Hagel, is the junior high minister there. And he said, come on with us, work part-time, and do outreach, do campus outreach. Reach out to schools, reach out to sports teams and coaches, get them on campus, um, be at FCAs, follow up with salvations. Um, and we saw some great things, I think, there were 90 students that were baptized that year awesome. just because someone was paying attention to that. In a church the size of Marbury, sometimes people can fall through the cracks. So it's been a great four years. Like the people at Marbury Baptist Church have restored our hope in the local church again, even with all the things that we've gone through. And we don't have to go in detail about that. But even with what's happened at our church, um, it's been a great experience. The people have loved us and taken us in like their own. And, um, helped us in situations and provided for us. So that's where we're at now. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great story. You know, I think, go ahead. You go ahead. I think, uh, so talking about Marley and, and <clears throat> just, you know, what, what drew, one of the things that drew us there was similar to, I'm sure your story with that was, uh, yes, we were at Macedonia with you guys and felt, felt the Lord, uh, moving us. We didn't know where at the time. We just felt God calling us 
to go. And, you know, it's a weird spot to be in. It's like, you've been at this church. My wife grew up at Macedonia her entire life mm. from the time she was a baby. So at 30-something years old, thirty, she was 32 at the time, I believe, uh, God says, go. But where, God? I don't know. Or he 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 knew, yeah. but we didn't, you know. And uh, but one of the things that just uh, drew us in there was the outreach, outreach of Moverly in our local community is uh, pretty awesome. Specifically, at the time, Courtney had gotten involved with a ministry. It wasn't really even a ministry, but it was an outreach to a local strip club, um, where Moverly was just going in and ministering to the girls that worked there and the lady that owned the place and taking them food and spending time with them. And, and how many churches would actually touch something like that's that? That's exactly what she said. She said when when they saw a need and uh, the people were open to a church coming in, they they filled the need. You know, they, they took God's calling into a strip club. You're talking about girls dancing while they're in the back, feeding them turkey and dressing for Thanksgiving. Wow. So it was uh, for her to see that firsthand, I didn't. She did, <laughs> but Good choice. you weren't allowed in. No, 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 for her to see that firsthand made a huge impact on her, and was a was a big part of the decision uh, to to start attending church at Marbley. Let me add on to that, but we did have a few services in there, like church services in that building. Yeah, I did go to those. Yeah, yeah, I was at those too, and I had never since God. I don't know, his presence more than in that place. And really? it just goes back to his his character. Like he's all about taking the gospel to the places that no one else wants to go. You know, think about think about uh where he went he, he touched the leper, right? No right. one else should touch the leper. It's he's he's an outcast, he's a sinner. He went to the house of Zacchaeus and had a lunch with him. He said, I'm gonna come and eat with you in your house. And Zacchaeus was a sinner, right? According to the standards of society at that time. Right. He went to those places and when we were in that strip club having service they're having a worship service with someone uh, singing and preaching the word, and we're sitting in, and there's a stripper pole there. You can see it. There's mirrors, and there's a bar where they served alcohol at the time, not during that service. But I felt like God was moving in a major way because this is this is the gospel. You take the gospel to the dark places. Where do you need light? You need it where there's darkness. Exactly. So, again, I, I just want to compound what you said. Moberly is all about doing that, and I think sometimes they get the reputation of being the rich church and the big church, the big like, church. Yeah. But they yeah. put a lot of dollars and effort and energy into sending people overseas and also locally. Right? How can we spread the gospel where we're at today? And that's that's my passion. That's what I want to talk about with you guys today. The church. I can talk about the church all day long. Like that's awesome. Well, we we feel like that. Uh, Maybe not necessarily the church, but ultimately it is the church because the church is the body, the church is the people, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we just our goal whenever we began this podcast um, was ultimately to minister in some capacity, majority to men, mm-hmm. you know, um, just because we feel we felt like and we still do uh, we have a great passion for the idea that that the the man's role in this world that we live in uh, has diminished so far away from what God intended that um, we felt like we needed to remind folks of the uncomfortable truth and and the the truth is is that right now uh, fathers are absent 
men are not doing what we need to do. Um, you actually gave me the book Wild at Heart. Um, Great book. That, yeah, I mean, Shane I, I, read that. We read that yeah. a couple years ago too. Yeah, with with you know that that book uh, absolutely just was all about what we're doing here, um, and gave me some great ideas and stuff to talk about, you know, to our listeners, uh, all three of them, you know, if they, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how many, Hey mom, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're, we're committed to, to getting it out there to more folks, but nevertheless, we, we know that, uh, we're doing what God wants us to do. And, and so anyway, that, that's where it all kind of started. Um, you know, Tony Evans, kingdom man, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading, uh, I started last night reading the book that, um, Suzanne gave us, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? the king, king, the kingdom is rising or something like yeah. that. But Tony Evans book. Too, yeah. Right? I didn't re- he, he wrote that during COVID. Okay. Uh, so I didn't know brand, that. Brand new. He was talking, talking a lot about new, you know, what, what's going on in the world right now. Uh, just emphasizing more of what we're trying to do here, yeah, uh, and and just giving giving me more ammunition uh, to just make sure that we we keep this thing rolling. Um, but ultimately, again, our I, I feel like a big part of that success is going to revolve around the people that we bring on the show, and and so whenever um, you know you shared you know a little bit about what your passions are, Corey, it's. I immediately told Shem, like, we, we really need to have Corey on the show. And, and so, uh, you know, getting back to that, uh, you know, tell, tell people, tell, tell our listeners, I guess, what it is that, that is really God's got on your heart right now, because I, I, I feel like I have a little bit of an idea, but you haven't really, you know, expressed all of it to me. Yeah, it goes along with what you're saying about men. Um, if men knew the purpose of the church, they would be excited about going to church right. because men need a battle to fight, which goes back to that book, Wild at Heart. Men don't want to just go and sit in a pew and sing a couple songs. I'm not saying that's wrong and hear a message and go home. Men want to be a part of a movement of a, how can I change my city? What can I do? How can I use my hands and feet to be the gospel, which is very biblical? Uh, men want that. And I think when they don't get that, they drop out. Because they're like, I can do this at home. Right. So my passion is uh, to take church. Like you said, church is not a two by four. It's not a brick. It's not a foundation. We are the church, right? When we take church to the city where God has placed us and entrusted us, which is the Longview area. Of course, Moberly reaches more than Longview. But just for example, the Longview area, how can we as Moberly Baptist Church that we're called to live out the Great Commission, how can we make a tangible impact on Longview, Texas? Right. Not philosophy, not um, a thought, not a plan. How can we take the Great Commission to Longview, Texas as men with our families and serve together and see lives changed? I think when men jump on that and they have an opportunity to do that, they're going to be all in. Um, I really do. And it's, it's cool. You think about the Great Commission. You think about that's the last thing that Jesus told his 11 disciples. Judas had already killed himself, right? So he got his 11 disciples together, and he told them one last thing. So let me ask you, for a scenario, if you knew you were going to have one last conversation with your kids, right, you are going to pass away, whatever was going to happen, would you think that through? Would that be very important, the last thing you said to your child before you left their presence? Absolutely. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's, that's a great question. Let's, let's pause right there, and we'll pick up in the next episode 
if you had one last thing to say to your kids, we'll jump back in and talk about that. Thanks so much for listening today. We appreciate you. Hit that like, share, subscribe. Help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.